Thank you for joining us on the uh, podcast today. I have uh, Mickey Gillette, uh, who I am hoping to have a really lovely conversation with. Um, And just to introduce her, Mickey Gillette is a trans woman and a Portlander. She's the major gifts officer for Basic Rights Oregon, the state's leading LGBTQ2SIA plus policy and advocacy organization. A playwright, Mickey was named one of the 25 people shaping the arts in Portland by Willamette Week magazine. Her play, American Girl, was featured in American Theater and was produced by Fuse Theater in April 2023. Her show, The Queers, enjoyed a sold-out run in March 2022, and her play, My Perfectly Valid Objections, finished a sold-out extended run with Salt and Sage in February of this year. Bicky's play, They, Them, There, is scheduled for production this fall by Fuse Theater. She was a member of the Ashland New Plays Festival 2022 New Voices Cohort and Profile Theater's LGBTQIA plus Community Profile Cohort. You can learn more about her work at mickeygillette.com. That's M-I-K-K-I-G-I-L-L-E-T-T-E dot com. Welcome, Vicki. Uh, how you doing today? Good. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Oh, my pleasure. So uh, Sacred Gyre is all about conversations about what people do when they're working for change and you come up with pressures that might tend to lead you off of your really deep values. And so I'm, I guess my first question for you is, what are those really deeper values that you are attached to and believe in? And how did you come to uh, believe in them? Uh, yeah, so I think uh, equality is a real value of mine. Just the idea that People shouldn't receive disparate treatment, you know, based on their sex, based on their race, based on their sexual orientation or gender identity. Uh, And I think that's something that um, became important to me when I came out as trans and started transitioning. Uh, The experience of, you know, being a white person who is kind of forced into identifying as male it's the kind of like in the lion king like everything that the sun touches on is yours (laughs) and then when when i came out as trans there was just this you know sometimes i have an image in my head of like a a ski jump where you're just going down at this almost completely vertical rate Uh uh in terms of sort of status and privilege and and that you know, the two things that that experience of feeling like I lost so much in becoming myself, but also thinking about the forces that um, made it to where when I was growing up, I didn't know there even were transgender people uh, and why that was. Um, that made me, you know, want to see a more fair, equal world and, and want to do what I could to contribute to kind of making the world that way. Yeah, so your own personal experiences in coming out and actually being affected by people's prejudices and fears and so forth awakened you in a way. But it also sounds like you already came to that with some 
basic values that just got more awakened or something. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's true. Yeah. Um, and then a, another value, I guess, uh, might be just the idea that uh, moving through the world, I should, you know, I want to be a kind person. I want to treat people with respect. I don't want to hurt people, ruin their days. Um, and that, I think that, you know, that was part of my nature already. Uh, but I also, um, in my life, I think because of childhood traumas, I, I have spent time in sort of 12-step recovery programs. And people might be familiar just from popular culture, but there's part of that uh, process where you make amends to people you've hurt. And mm -hmm. it's, it for me, it was a very, it was like a almost totally positive experience, but there's something also very frightening and mortifying about going back and sort of cleaning up a mess that you've made. And, and once having done that in kind of a systematic way, I, it made me want to, you know, sort of play the tape all the way through and think about what the consequences of my actions might be and see how I could stave off having to hmm. do those sorts of uh, apologies again. And, um, and also I think just the act of, instead of, trying to sweep away from my mind uh, things I'd done, you know, really reflect on them and think, well, that wasn't, that wasn't in line with my values and how could I try to act more in accordance with them in the future? Yeah, so you were really taking the time to be conscious and be responsible. Here I am as a human being. We're all imperfect, but what do I do in order to be, lead a better life and to be kind? the way I hope people yeah. will treat me and so forth. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, and I think there is something about, yeah, there's something about having done that. I think almost unconsciously you start to select for people who are going to treat you that same way and maybe mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you're able to create a life that, that conforms with your values um, just by sort of, you know, trying to intentionally make choices yourself. Yeah, that's not something I, I've thought about a lot, but I think it's true. So in a way, building out of your own experiences, beginning to build a community that would support you in living your values. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. Uh, and then hopefully supporting others uh, mm -hmm. in that way as well. Yeah, cool. Wow. Well, if anything else comes up of another <laughs> source, feel free to say it. Um, oh, if you have other thoughts, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I think there's something, um, I alluded to it a little, but there was, um, you know, when I was young, I, um, there were incidents of abuse and, you know, some kind of serious and that, uh, took a long time to kind of remember that and then to heal from it. And I think mm -hmm. there is a, a sense in, you know, people should feel safe, people should feel secure. Um, and it's sometimes, you know, it's sad to look at the news because you can see the, that we're not necessarily in a world where that's the case. And, um, but that's something, you know, I believe in. And some of the groups that I donate to in my own philanthropy try to encourage that. And um, 
yeah, it's, you know, I think we're, we're imperfect. Some, sometimes I wish, you know, when you have a, an iPhone, they'll send you this thing like, oh, we're going to update your phone because we found this bug. So tonight while it's plugged in, that's going to happen. And I wish they could do that with us sometimes. <laughs> uh, we figured out, you know, there's this bug of violence. <laughs> we're going mm-hmm. yeah. to do an update for us. <laughs> and yeah. maybe we have to do that, like, very slowly in the ways that we're talking about today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just interesting to me to notice that I was a little bit dancing around even asking you about those past abusive experiences. Yeah. And maybe that comes a little bit from my own experience of having it in my life and oh, yeah. wanting to be respectful of you and not, you know, draw out something that might have been painful for you. So well, thank you for being willing to go there. I I appreciate that. Oh, sure. Yeah. So yeah. anything else about where what values you hold or where they came from? Oh, um, yeah, I think those are like kind of the the main three I was thinking about, that if others come up, I'll be happy to share them. Okay, cool. So as you're doing your work, whether it's in the theater, you know, writing, producing, acting, or, you know, in the nonprofit world, raising, helping raise money, what are the kinds of pressures you notice coming up that might potentially lead you to act in ways that you would later say, oh, gosh, that wasn't my best self? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I guess in theater, it it can be, um, I don't know, it's funny. To me, I feel like the fundraising work, it's easier for me to conceive of that as serious because the the results are really tangible. You pass a law or some, you know, policy gets updated. uh, Whereas art, you know, it's kind of ephemeral, you know, you're in, there's this space where nothing happens and then there's a space where a play happens and people come and go and you never really know how it impacts anybody. But, uh, but there's so much more ego attached to art and, you know, like I wrote this thing, what are people going to think of me? This, uh, which is, um, I don't know. I, I think of it as kind of, a little petty or you know there can be envy in the arts like oh you know that person got commissioned for that play you know that's which is just so uh you went and saw a reading of my new play uh blonde on a bum trip and that was fun because it was a way to sort of process all of those feelings Uh, it's kind of a backstage showbiz story and uh and I, I, in my mind, I think of those things as silly, but, the, you know, they do come up. And so a lot of times it's just biting my tongue. You know, if I'm worried about the way someone's doing something in rehearsal, it's not going to help if I tell that to them. <laughs> you know, it's, it, but it might help if I, you know, just try to encourage people and, you know, improve morale as much as I can. And, mm-hmm. um, and so sometimes, you know, I'm not always perfect at that. And there's times I can remember like, oh, it would have been better if I, you know, hadn't spoken up. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's something that, you know, I'm pretty aware of. Uh, so when you say biting your tongue, what does that look like? <laughs> I know you don't physically bite. Well, no, <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I think a real um, benefit in my life is that I have a daily meditation practice and mm-hmm. I've, had that for 
over 20 years. Um, and it maybe gives me a little, you know, a little bit of a window between here's this feeling I have and here's me acting. You know, there's ability to say, oh, I'm having this feeling. You know, do I think this is serious? Is this like really important or not? And most of the time mm -hmm. it, it's really not. And sometimes it does feel like, oh, you know, I do need to speak up about this. Um, so that's, you know, having that unease and then mm -hmm. just trying to, you know, kind of work with it as opposed to just react to it, I guess. Yeah. So that, but do you, do you like a little pause breath or? Yeah. Well, a lot of times a, a great thing about being a writer in a rehearsal is that you're completely superfluous because <laughs> most of the time, you know, at the very beginning, people do want to know what you have to think because they're trying to figure out what the story is. But as it goes on, you know, the actors are just, um, you know, it, the characters become theirs and the director's thinking more about what's this going to look like when people are watching it than what, what are the actual words and um so a lot of times it's just me watching so i i have nothing but time to <laughs> to kind of take a breath or <laughs> how is that as you watch i mean it sounds like your play is getting interpreted through other people's minds and bodies huh how is that for you yeah yeah it uh at first it was it was a little like there was a lot to learn and i like to learn uh and but it was a little weird because I thought like I came to playwriting through being an English major. So I, you know, when you're an English major, you're just reading the script and you're trying to figure out what the script is. And then you talk about it or you write a paper about it. And so I thought the script was the most important thing. But to an actor, you know, the performance, like how do I convey this story through my performance is what's important. And to a director, it's like, how do I make this engaging and tell the story through, you know, blocking and this scenery. And so everybody's doing their own thing. And that was like kind of the big education to me. I remember the first play, The Queers, there were these actors who were just kind of inventing things. And I was like, this is really strange. To me, this isn't what the story is. And then I watched it with an audience and the audience loved the little things that they were putting in. And I was like, oh, well, this is a good lesson. Like these people are performers. Mm -hmm. They're going to have a relationship with the audience and they, they know what that's supposed to look like. Um, so it's, it's a lot of letting go. Like there's a way that I hear it in my head when I write it. And then the actors, sometimes an actor is really close. Sometimes an actor is really far from what I heard, but over time, like I stop hearing my version and I just start watching the actors and, and that's great. You know, it's, it's really a privilege to have other artists want to come and use their craft and their imaginations to bring something to life. You know, I always say if they didn't do that, it would just be a document on my laptop. <laughs> and that's not as fun. <laughs> that's really an interesting perspective because I, I, I call myself a performance poet. Mm. But that means I'm not only writing it, I'm actually speaking it myself and I'm actually doing the movements and everything. Yeah. So I don't have to worry about somebody else translating it <laughs> on me. So that's, that's an interesting challenge right. you're facing. And today a little bit more about how you face it. Have you ever come up at a time where you thought, you know, 
that's really not what the play is supposed to be about? Or do you ever speak up in that way? Yeah, there've been a couple of times. Um, and I, what would I say? Yeah, one time it felt kind of important just because it felt like there was something that was a little ableist that was happening and and it was supposed to be funny and I was like this you know it, this just doesn't feel good like I've been I've watched stories where out of nowhere something transphobic happens and it just feels mm -hmm. like why did you do that and yeah, it yeah. felt like punching down and, and that was a case where I spoke up and it was important to me other times it's really been yeah, there was this one in the queers. There was an actor who, uh, she was, by the end of the play, I thought she was so far from where the play was, and it was just really confusing to me, and I asked the director to give a note, and she did, and it changed a little, but not that much, and then I remember, you know, maybe like the third time I watched it, I was like, oh, okay, she's, she's doing this sort of hero's journey, and every choice she's making is making this character's story triumphant and it was the character who was the closest analog to me and I didn't feel triumphant in my life at that moment mm. so I didn't understand it but I could see that the audience was she was telling a story the audience wanted to, to hear and that was really legible to the audience mm. and and so at first I was I didn't like it, but by the end, I really, you know, I was like, oh, this is, it's really smart. She is like, it was, that was an ensemble story, but she really thinks like a leading actress, you know, mm -hmm. it's my job to take the, the audience on this story. And so it was kind of a lesson to me in that way. Huh. Yeah. Did it, did it at all change your view of yourself? Oh, <laughs> Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, that story was, came from a pretty hard part, part of my life. And well, that's interesting. Maybe could I, yeah, I could, I could invite that in. Maybe what I was doing was heroic, but at the time it just felt like I was yeah. fighting for my life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she's interpreting it from her point of view as no matter how it felt to you in the moment, I think you were kind of heroic. No. Yeah. 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 That's true. Yeah, and it, there's a, I don't know if you've heard that saying, like, what is it, um, success has a thousand parents and failures an orphan, or it goes something, something like, like that. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And I, yeah, and I think the fact that that show drew a big crowd and, you know, got good reviews, it, like, it, it, it made... I felt very rosy about it at the end. And so oh. something like that, I wasn't Sweet. like, how could she have done that? She really, I mean, if I was like a bitter person, I could be upset about that. But instead <laughs> it was like, well, you know, she helped. Like we all had a success and, and she did yeah, a good job. Yeah. Did you feel good about the way you um, let her know about your thoughts and concerns at the time? Oh, I didn't. I didn't say anything to her because I, maybe having been a teacher, like, I think there is something very helpful about clear lines of communication and hierarchy. And to me, the director is running the set. And so if I have anything I need to say, I would say it to the director in private. 
but because if an actor is getting notes from multiple different people who all seem powerful, <laughs> then it's just going to confuse and stress them. So I, I didn't talk to her about that. But then when it clicked for me, when I figured out what she was doing, I, you know, I complimented her and I was like, oh, I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't realize what you're doing, but like the thing with, you know, and I kind of saw my interpretation. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm trying. And, and she was, mm-hmm. it was funny. I think she had been thinking about it because she's like, I know this character is the closest to you. So thank you for letting me, you know, have the space to do this interpretation. And um, so it was kind of rosy in that way. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, even in yeah. terms of um, communicating to the director, how did you feel about mm-hmm. the way you communicated to the director? That was the most... So there's a thing in theater called Tech Week, and it's kind of... It's the week leading up to opening... You're testing out the lights and the sound effects. Everybody's in costume. Nobody's allowed to ask for lines. So it's it's just so stressful because you're starting to imagine an audience watch it. Mm. And everybody knows that's that's coming. And that was my first time through. And I didn't realize that, you know, you just... It's very easy to become very stressed and catastrophize things in your mind and every little choice feels so enormous. Um, so, uh, so I, you know, I was very stressed and it was, it was just hard, it, you know, cause I think when I would share something like that with the director, what I wanted was for her to say, everything's going to be perfect on opening night. You're going to be so happy because you did a great job and you're a great writer or something, you know, something she couldn't possibly have said and that, you know, she, she had her own like hundred things she was worried about. Um, now, you know, I've done three productions. So I realized, okay, this last week, it's just, everything feels out of control and I can know that. And, and I've had, you know, three experiences now where it, it worked out. And so, you know, I can trust that it's going to work out. But the first time, it, mm. for me at least, it, it just felt like everything was an unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, so those, so it was kind of hard. It was hard to communicate because it's like, oh, I'm speaking up. I don't know if she's really hearing me the way I want her to. I don't know if things are going to work out. It, um, so there were just so many factors going on at that time. But does it sound like you feel terrible about the way you communicated with the director? No, no, it doesn't. Um, no, and you know, thankfully, we're—I've I've since worked with her again, and we're kind of in similar places in our lives, I would say, mm-hmm. and so we have a pretty good understanding and relationship. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's. Uh, yeah, that's tricky. It's, yeah, it's so funny because even now, like, you know, if I just meet with her and we're not in a production and we're catching up or we're, t- we're talking about a new script, it's like so relaxed and so easy to get along. But when you're in rehearsal and it's that, like, I'm having to let go of this and you're having to take all this responsibility, <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it still can feel pretty, pretty stressful because there's just all this pressure on it. Yeah, so the the pressures of, number one, creating something that you have a a lot of heart for and then having to let go and allow other people to interpret it and the play now becomes them on the stage 
or the director directing them on the stage and you're kind of back there watching this whole process of yeah. transformation of your of your heartfelt work. I mean that's right. Yeah. That's really yeah. deeply personal in some ways, no? It is, yeah. And there's this thing like if someone flubs a line, which happens because they're learning and the lines <laughs> in my mind I think like I know so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so are coming opening weekend. I know there's a critic from such-and-such magazine coming. Mm. Like, what if they do that then and everybody thinks I can't write? Or, you know, it's, it, like, the, there's just, like, these really fast trains of thought that go through your mind that, that are so mm. stressful. Mm. And, um, and I'm sure they have those, too. So uh, that's, that's interesting. In a, in a way, there's a way in which even if you're not, like coming there with some big ego on, there are pressures about, well, how do I show up to the outside world? What will they think of me? Because yeah, that's yeah. going to determine whether or not your the following play you create will be well received, <laughs> or have, you know, anybody will, you know, give you the space or the money or whatever to do it. it that sounds like some pressure is all in itself. It is, yeah, yeah, and I don't want to say that I've transcended ego because <laughs> I think like you know it's something you just sort of learn to live with like oh there's that ego over there talking in my head all the time <laughs> um, but yeah those are some of the pressures that that lead to it for sure and it sounds like there's ways both in which as you've become more practiced you know one play now two now three and gotten to know some people and feel comfortable working with them that that's in a way that that's building a community of support. And along with that, your years of practice and meditation, it sounds like maybe both of those are coming in and helping you as you react to these pressures and fears and concerns. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, yeah. The community that really does help when you work with people, you know, for multiple times and, uh, you kind of trust that, like, oh, we've done this before, so this will, I know that they're going to do well again. Um, yeah, and the meditation is, uh, I don't know what, <laughs> that's been such a part of my, um, you know, kind of healing from trauma, feeling like, I mean, I feel like it's a big part of the way I write, too. Like, mm -hmm. prior to doing that, I was very perfectionistic, and it was hard for me to share anything, and it's just kind of easier to trust what comes now and to kind of, I don't know, maybe let go of the results and, mm -hmm. and believe that this is good enough. I don't have to rewrite it 20 times. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. I, I think this, what you're saying is important for anybody. Not that they have the specific types of supports, but the idea of community in general, I think, matters. Mm -hmm. And we all like to think that we're independent and resourceful human beings. <laughs> Where will we be without community, you know? And, and I think what you're saying about your own life is an example of that. Oh, great. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so. There's, uh, yeah, it's kind of surprising. I remember, I don't know if it was like the second time I was doing a play, I was sort of thinking about, uh, you know, what what's important here? You know, is it moving? Is it moving toward, because I do kind of have aspirations to get produced at a higher level in terms mm -hmm. of like the type of theater and the type of resources available. Um, and 
but what came back to be was, you know, what's important is this experience with this group of people. Um, you know, this play's going to come and it's going to go and all of these people are still going to be here. <laughs> Maybe this is what mm-hmm. we were talking about before. Like, the, you know, the way I act right now matters. Like, yeah. you know, creating friends in this process. Um, mm-hmm. You know, doing what I can to make it a good experience for them is, you know, that's really important. Yeah. Especially... Yeah. You know, a lot of my work is with trans actors. Um, Mm. You know, there's just not a lot of experiences for trans actors playing trans characters. Um, You know, this is a chance for them to get in front of an audience and maybe get other roles. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, this might be, this experience might shape how they think working in the theater is. And if that's something that they want to do, I want it to be something they really enjoy and something where it feels like this is a place for them and so there do I think it's helpful if I can get out of my own head and be like you know what's a bigger thing that this experience can be giving to Mm -hmm. other people besides me having a review at the end that says Mickey's a good writer (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) I know I've felt I've had that feeling myself I can't it was a number of years ago I remember seeing I think it was a, a tv show anywhere one one of the main characters was this transgender woman who is heavily on drugs and you know doing not good things in her life and i mean just a sad character and not played by a transgender woman and i was like can you i would love it if you would have characters who were transgender women more like me <laughs> you know <laughs> i remember having that, <laughs> yeah, that exact yeah. thought and here so here you are a <laughs> transgender woman providing space many of your actors and actresses are trans people mm-hmm. and so opening i mean that i think that does play a wider role that here they they're getting experience they're getting in plays that are actually being seen by larger numbers of people and getting noticed and I mean, that feels like you're making a contribution in that way. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I I hope so. It's, um, yeah, you know, that I don't want to be like, I'm revolutionizing or something. <laughs> but it, that is something when I thought about, you know, what, what could be valuable about this? What could be something that's not just yeah. this sort of selfish drive? It, it feels like that kind of community and trying to create opportunities that can be positive. Yeah, yeah. So we've talked a lot about theater. Obviously, it's something that's really close to your heart. And I wonder if there's you have any mm-hmm. thoughts about your work in the nonprofit world, and mm. you know, we come to things come up in different ways, and yeah. yeah, what happens there? Yeah, I feel like I'm I'm lucky in that uh, I I'm not someone who likes conflict in my life, and I, you know, I don't you know, I I don't think I'm very good in confrontations and I don't feel like when I'm in that, like I never feel good after I do them. So I'm lucky that my role is often just talking to supporters, um, people Mm -hmm. who care about our work and want to know about what we're doing. uh, And it's pretty relational. Like I, you know, because I've been in this role a long time, I'm meeting some people you know, for the fifth or sixth time because we have, like, annual meetings and, you know, people Mm -hmm. are becoming, you know, kind of friends of mine in some cases. So in that way, it, it, 
those situations usually aren't challenging because, you know, I really like making friends and <laughs> having yeah, relationships, yeah. And, and it feels like a, a valuable thing to be doing for our community. Um, let me think. Uh, sometimes, you know, things will come up internally. I think working with people is, can be challenging. Sometimes it's not, and, you know, it's just a great feeling, but sometimes subjects will come up or, you know, decisions will come up, like in policy where people have differing opinions. And, and that can be challenging because I, you know, I think maybe... Yeah, maybe the pro and the con, you know, because I'm working on something that, which is, you know, LGBTQ plus rights and trans rights, that is something where I feel this personal connection that can make it feel extra meaningful. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when I'm like, what am I doing with my life? You know, it can feel like, well, I'm yeah. doing something important. But it can also, because sometimes if things come up, you know, they're, they're so close to home, that can create kind of a strong response mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. like, wow, well, you know, why are we doing this? Or, and, and that's really rare. I don't want to make it seem like, you know, there's this constant yeah. political contention internally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The times when things sometimes feel a little contentious, that, that can be what it's about, I think. Yeah. What helps you get through those times in terms of the being okay with how you reacted? Yeah, let me think. Uh, you know, I will reflect and be like, you know, did I just say what I thought or was I mean about the way I said it? You know, did I go outside of what we were actually talking about and make things mm -hmm. personal or, mm -hmm. or was this really just, uh, you know, kind of a, a talk about ideas and, you know, if I do feel like the way I spoke was fine, then then mm -hmm. that helps me. So mm -hmm. I guess processing it a little, you know, checking in with someone afterward and saying, hey, I know things got a little heated. I'm sorry if I, if what I did, you know, fell out of line. Do you want to talk about mm -hmm. it? You know, kind of checking in in that way can be mm -hmm. helpful too. Um, I guess another challenging thing can be uh, if someone says something that, that uh, can feel ignorant or kind of out of date mm -hmm. <laughs> when I'm talking to them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that can be hard because it can be kind of uncomfortable. Um, and that, that's pretty rare too. Like I think most people who I'm talking to, you know, are really careful not to do that. But yeah, yeah. occasionally someone will and then I'll have to be like, well, do I want to speak up or is that okay? Mm -hmm. Do I think that was coming from a critical place when that person said that or were they just, you know, doing their best and <laughs> didn't really yeah, know yeah. that that's yeah. not really the way we talk about the, those things or that, you know, I would prefer they were talked about. Um, so those can be tricky. Uh, I would say usually I don't speak up. I kind of, um, you know, I'm not a trainer, and <laughs> when oh. I'm meeting with someone, it's not a training, uh, and, mm -hmm. but it, and, you know, if someone's meeting with me, it's because they want to support us, 
Uh, but the, you know, that can be another time where there's a little bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of what are their, what are their preconceived ideas and so forth. Yeah, and what's my role? Should I, you know, use yeah. this as a educational moment? And I don't, I don't feel like that's a strength of mine. <laughs> so I usually uh-huh. opt uh-huh. not to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's uh, this true for most of you. I know it is for me. I pick and choose my times. <laughs> Now that I'm older and more mature, (laughs) I pick and choose my times when I speak (laughs) up. But it's also just listening to you describe how you got into Basic Rights Oregon and your relationships with people. It's almost feeling like, number one, you made a choice to go somewhere where you you believed that people had something basic and and important in common in terms of their beliefs and their values, Mm -hmm. but that also... There's a way in which the way you all work together helps over time to build a sense of community about this is how we do things around here, even though you don't mm-hmm. necessarily always think about the norms that are there. And the, mm-hmm. there's some sounds like there's some way that you all have created them over time. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting because it's kind of unconscious, I would say. And there's... You know, it's changed. I've been there the longest out of anybody in the organization now. Uh, And when I started, there weren't too many transgender people working there. And now it's like a majority trans place. Mm. I think my supervisor was really helpful. There were kind of some divisions on staff when she came in. And she's an extrovert and she's really good at creating community. I told her she's like Mary Poppins. She just kind of came in and, you know, helped everyone get along better. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like, Mm -hmm. you know, we're lucky that she, she put that effort in, uh, because it is, yeah, there is a nice feeling there. Uh, I think we can sometimes err on the side of not wanting to have, difficult conversations and mm. you know I'm definitely like you know part of that just mm-hmm. <laughs> I've said already I, what's I the what's the uh, and, sort of unspoken fear behind that oh for me or concern yeah uh, let me think like are you worried yeah. that you'll harm relationships if you speak up or I think so I think mm-hmm. yeah um is that it yeah, yeah, I think it's, um, especially in a, in a big group setting, like, if, you know, we're all in a meeting and if something happens, then it's, you know, that's pretty hard. And I think we're, I remember there was this one staff retreat and we took these like personality test types and there were, I mean, we're not a big staff, but like by far the majority scored as empaths and then there was like one person who was good at systems and one person who was like i just like to get stuff done (laughs) and and it really helped understand like oh you know like what's going on here and i think because we kind of attract that type like there's just sort of a critical mass of people who are like that was uncomfortable i'm sure the person meant well I'll sleep on it, and then tomorrow I just won't say anything. <laughs> I, think that, I think that's what's coming up. Um, and then if you just get in that pattern, it can be kind of hard. Because you don't, yeah, maybe it's like, 
it's hard to if you don't have a model of we all care about each other but it's important in this moment to talk about this thing it doesn't mean anybody's a bad person but it would be better maybe if we all process this and kind of tried to grow out of it Mm -hmm. maybe instead there's just because we don't have that model it's like oh if i speak up i'm going to be exiled or (laughs) you know some uh kind of fear like i'm that's just a guess though i I don't want to speak for other people but that's i mean that's important observation i think of course maybe exactly or inexactly true i don't know but um my own belief is that there's most of the time it's not either this or that there's a some balance Mm. so a balance between good strong leadership and the ability of people to act independently at the same time there's some balance there Mm. and the balance between being respectful and assuming that people mean well and not wanting to harm relationships versus that could potentially mean that important issues just don't get handled until they all of a sudden blow up in a in a big way. No, I mean that's those are possibilities anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Uh, yeah, and I, you know, I think you're right. And then also, I think it's a really great place to work. And yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, we get along well. So yeah, <laughs> don't don't try to fix anything that's not really broken. Huh? <laughs> no, no, no. I I just don't want to make it seem like we're like in some sort of like terminal torpor. No, no, I didn't. I wasn't. Yeah, no, I didn't. Think, I didn't think that. I was just. Okay. It just sort of. That's where I'm coming from as a thinker. Is that when people talk sure. about things like that, that that's what comes up to me. Oh, what's the balance here? And what's the danger of the yeah. doing the positive thing even? That's <laughs> just where yeah, my mind right. goes. Yeah. Sure. So what, so what other thoughts do you have from your own life about facing challenges? What supports you? Oh, yeah. I, um, let me think. I remember when I came out, I, I was working as a substitute teacher at the time. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what year and that was? Yeah, it was like the very end of 2010. So tw- so December 2010 then through, you know, okay. mid-2012, I would say, was like the, mm-hmm. the hardest transitioning parts. <laughs> yeah. And so when I would kind of check in with myself, it was always like, this is going to be fine. It's going to work. And. But my head was just always like, this isn't going to work. <laughs> this is a bad idea. You know, I'm going to lose my job, you know, go broke, die. And <laughs> it was really, right. uh, really kind of this loud voice that was always going on. And and I would get through the day and I don't want to say it wasn't hard because it was really hard. Like I learned that I was more resilient than I thought, mm-hmm. you know, being a substitute teacher was like a really weird job <laughs> to have when I was doing that, especially because I liked working with adolescents as opposed to young kids. And and a lot of days I'd be licking my wounds afterward. Uh, but I, yeah, it, I think it taught me to really trust, like I call it my intuition or that, you know, I have this kind of compass inside that's going to help me out mm-hmm. and, if I do feel overwhelmed, I can try to take a minute and check in with myself and see what I think. And, yeah. um, and that, that was kind of helpful. And I feel like I, that's a tool I've taken with me ever since then. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> Any, anything else that uh, you think would be helpful to talk about or bring up? Yeah. About values. Let me think. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, hmm. No, I, I I think I brought the main ones, but I'm happy okay. to to discuss them more if if you'd like. <laughs> oh no, no, this is really about learning. Hopefully, my listeners will learn from you and your experiences and be able to think more you know, thoughtfully about, oh, what about me? What pressures do I face? And what are my values? That, that's yeah. what I'm hoping to excite in people, that they think about this for themselves. Yeah. Well, there was one more uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that I forgot to bring up earlier, which is I, I really, I, I like to learn and, you know, I kind of like novelty. And, but I also, I feel like growth and evolution is, I don't know if it's a value, but it's sort of, it's something that that I'm always open to and that feels like kind of this recurring theme in my life. Um, and, you know, I think it's something that comes from grieving, you know, kind of like mm-hmm. the abuse stuff that we talked about earlier, but also from meditation, just realizing that something that seemed really important six months ago might not seem important now. And so what seems important now might not be that important a year from now. And, mm-hmm. and, it, um, and you know, I kind of like that. I feel like uh, transitioning, you know, toward the middle of my life was, was helpful because it's a time when you can get rigid and, <laughs> and just having everything turn over and everything be new was, was like, uh, it was hard, but it was also this beneficial experience in that mm-hmm. way. And I don't know if you, if, if that's a value or if there's a way to extrapolate values from that, but, but I feel like it's, uh, it's a helpful way for me to be open to my life. Yeah, yeah. There's a definitely a, a strong intent under there, and I think that does reflect some kind of a value or valuing learning from your experiences. I, I think that is a value, actually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I remember realizing once that like, you know, there's a thousand movies about something bad happened to me, so I'm gonna go get revenge, and there's <laughs> so few movies about something happened to me, and I'm gonna feel the feelings and, you know, be sad, but maybe learn something. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. that's yeah, a much rarer yeah, story, yeah. but I think it, you know, in terms of lining up with values, that would be much closer to mine than going and killing someone. <laughs> the way people do in movies and maybe that's the beginning of the plot of your next play (laughs) (laughs) maybe i mean i'm guessing there's something you actually could write about that would be in a way a reflection of your own experiences in coming out Mm -hmm. and all everything else you've been through that would be really valuable to other people just a just a thought there (laughs) you're the writer do what you want Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Keep it in mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, Mickey. I, I just really appreciate you being willing to come here and be vulnerable in this way. To me, this is something I value, and I believe that people in listening to you will learn something that's important to them. Oh, great. So. Yeah, well, I, I really enjoyed the conversation, so thank you for inviting me on. All right, great. Well, you have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening. If you would like to be notified of future episodes, please sign up on the contacts page of sacredgyre.com.